We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and joining me today is a very special guest, Joanne Fawcett. Joanne lives in Portland, Oregon. She has an Associates of Arts degrees in film production and accounting. She is the mother of a successful grown daughter and the proud grandmother of three. She enjoys reading, needlework, travel, and spending time with the family. She is owned by her two cats, which is someone with pets myself. I understand how that goes. Yep. She has survived seven toxic marriages and wants to share her stories. She is also an international speaker on the topics of UFOs, extraterrestrials, and military involvement with such topics. Midlife Magic is her first book, which we will be discussing today. Joanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love the title of your show. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My sister and I, when we first kind of delved into the world of podcasting, we both had a deep love and appreciation of the podcast lore, Uh which I don't know if you're familiar, but it discusses a lot of older kind of lesser known cases and things. And that just kind of really spoke to, to both of us. And it's something that I've always wanted to kind of dive more into. And so, hence the podcast. Great. Well, I'll have to listen to more of it. (laughs) So, we connected on Podmatch regarding your book, Midlife Magic. We did. Can you give our listeners an overview of what your book is about? Sure. It's basically how I changed my life in my 40s, but it discusses my childhood, why I got married so many times in, in general. And it talks about each of the first six failed marriages and, you know, what happened, the red flags I didn't see, all that kind of stuff. Then there's a few chapters on husband number seven, who he was not my ex then, but he is now. And and how we met because he's in prison. And so how we met, what it's like to be a prison wife and how he introduced me to the world of UFOs and magic and all, all kinds of woo, which you know, I totally love. So I left the Mormon church after 30 years, no trauma involved there. I just decided I didn't need it anymore and embraced this new world of woo stuff. And it's just like, basically, it's like anybody can change their life at any age, any time and find a new Mm -hmm. path that's better for them. So that's, that's the gist of the story, because it's, it's kind of like uh, two halves, but it's all part of one story. (laughs) You need the context to get to the next yeah. bit that helps. Exactly. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that, um, sure. in the book, you chronicle your marriages, which led you to meeting via a mutual friend, Captain Mark Richards. Correct. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the two of you were connected? Sure. My my roommate at the time is, I don't know if they're still married, but was married to an inmate. They were at the same prison. She came home one, and I'd already been to visit him, her husband and other people at prison. So the prison visiting part didn't scare me. She came home one day and said, I met this friend of my husband's, you know, he's really nice. He's really smart. He's your age. He's was visiting his mom. And I thought, Oh, you know, 
smart. That would be a new kind of boyfriend for me. So, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to meet him. And we wrote for a couple months until I was approved to visit. And then I started visiting him. And then, you know, one day a week led into wanting to visit him four days a week. And he, he was just a fascinating person and had a, you know, fascinating childhood growing up before prison and interesting military career, even though I didn't really know much about his military career until mm-hmm. later, much later. And, you know, we just, we courted for five years and then we got married and then we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we were together 25 years, married for a little over 20. So. That's still, I mean, a, a long time. Very long time. Cause my other marriages never lasted more than a few years. That's why I could cram so many in there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So you stated in the book that Mark was the one who kind of first, I don't want to say opened your mind to the possibility, but but kind of opened your mind to the possibility that there was more out there. Can you kind of share what that meant to you with our listeners? Sure, because I grew up in the 50s and 60s. You know, you're watching Martian movies and things like that. Thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, that's, that's fun and scary, but okay, that's all fake. And and not right away, but after, and I knew his dad had been in the Air Force, you know, I knew he was in the Army, then he was in the Navy, but it wasn't until years into the relationship that he started presenting me with writings about, oh, I've been to space and I did this and that. And I, I met him in 1997. So by the early 2000s, then I was learning, oh, there was more to this family. And mm-hmm. they had some involvement in the space program of the military and he'd actually been to space and so had his dad and and I like 2004 he said oh I hear there's a UFO conference going to be happening in the San Francisco Bay Area why you might want to go it's like okay and I went and I loved it and by the next Mm -hmm. year and by then I'd already had some of his information and by the next year I had even more and I knew more of his story about mm-hmm. aliens and space and things. And I had a booth by then I had, I'd already formed a nonprofit so that I could bring out his writings and things. And so I had a booth and then a couple of years later, you know, started getting on radio shows. Cause I think that was before podcasts, but you know, a lot of internet radio yeah. shows, things like that. And um, in 2007, I went to England to give my first talk about UFO alien space stuff. And it just kind of blossomed from there. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't fathom the idea of like flying overseas to talk about anything. It was oh so fun. And I did that. I, I've i been to England five times. Four of those trips involved speaking at various conferences. One of them, I spoke at the same conference like four times. And then that was in Northern England. And I spoke at a conference in Cornwall. And a couple of times I spoke at a conference held outside of London. But I loved it, and most everybody was very receptive. And because I was bringing to the table military involvement, not just, mm-hmm. oh, I saw a UFO. And yes, I have seen UFOs, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. I had a, you know, I was a, it's not my abduction story because I don't believe I've been abducted, but, you know, it was information that he provided me of his experience and his dad's experience relating to all this stuff and it happened some of it happened here on the planet and some of it happened off in space so and it's fascinating because i love learning about all the species so yeah Yeah. (laughs) such good segues so my next question was you've become quite the public speaker on the topic of ufos and aliens over the years yes can you share a little bit more about kind of 
how that came about. Right. Well, my, my favorite one, obviously, well, I don't know, obviously, my favorite one was being able to go to England. I really had developed a connection with the, the people at the Probe UK conference, which is not being held anymore, but it was in Northern England and, and the people just treated me like family. And, you know, it was like before anybody knew who I was and I'd never spoken on the topic before. And they said, why don't you come to England and talk about this and we'll pay for most of your stuff. It's like, okay. you know, <laughs> Twist my arm. Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got to see England. I got to see many parts of England because I would tour around and see places that you know, were mentioned in his reports and things. So I could see, okay, this is sure. where, because his family was stationed in England for a while in the 60s with his dad in the Air Force. And so I could see places they'd been as a family. I could see places where UFO alien stuff had happened that he told me about. Mm-hmm. So that was fascinating. And I've, I've spoken at some conferences in the San Francisco area. A couple times I went to Dulce, New Mexico, which is Northern New Mexico on an Apache reservation. And they had a, a cool conference, but I could talk. I talked about you know, some nasty things that happened in the underground base in that area. So I, I've had a number of experiences, and and I, one of my favorite experiences was not far from me, up in Yelm, Washington, like the fall before the pandemic shut everything down, and that's probably sure. the last time I spoke at a UFO conference. And it was, you know, it, I don't know. There were maybe fifty. 50, 60 people. I don't know if there were 100 people, but we could say there were 100, but I don't think there were that many. You know, at least 50 people. And it was so delightful. And my talk was real received. And I, you know, I get a lot of spiritual, energetic support when I do these things. And especially that day, and especially when I ask for the help. But the people were friendly, they were receptive. I gave one of my favorite talks about the different species. And, you know, it was just, it was wonderful. And then the pandemic hit, and then obviously nobody was asking me to, you know, there were no in-person yeah. conferences. And when they started up again, uh, people were not asking me to speak. And, you know, maybe, and, and pretty much I had said all I, most of what I had known, and he wasn't writing as much during the pandemic. And at the time there was a, a nasty journalist harassing us. So that kind of put a kibosh on, I don't know if that kept people from asking me to speak, but anyway, it's like, I, I, you know, I did my thing and now I'm talking about aliens in other lights, but not necessarily at UFO conferences, but I do still talk about them when I'm asked. And I, and I got on a lot of podcasts too. So it's like, I love, I love, yes, I'm a Leo. I love public speaking. (laughs) (laughs) I am also a Leo. So I can, Oh, very good. You mentioned in the book that you've been in the presence of elementals. Yes. Can you share with our listeners sort of like what an elementals are, like what types of forms they take? Okay. And are you familiar with that is? Because you read the book, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Elementals are what most people think of as fairies because elemental is the broad term. And you can have fairies, brownies, sprites, trolls, gnomes, all kind of different forms just like you've got different animal forms and you know people look different humans look different Mm -hmm. and they're energy beings they can take on physical form but it takes a lot of effort and sometimes sometimes they do look like the cute little fairy with the little wings and and i've seen that and that's lovely sometimes they you know you see in brian froud's books these these beings that look like stick figures and made out, but you know, they take on, you know, they use natural things, but they take on 
different forms. And I, I have um, some of my favorite where I used to live in California, there was a lot of magic at the house and it had been been that way for years. And that's where my ex grew up and, you know, his dad and he, everybody was fairies and elementals were a big part of their life. So that's really how I learned about this. Like, you know, we had houses for them and little baskets in the house. And this one, you know, he drew me a map one time of where they lived on the property and in the house and Mm -hmm. what their names were. But my my first experience really seeing one, it was like I was hanging out at the house. I don't know if it was a full moon. I don't remember the time period, but I was there with a psychic friend of mine. And, you know, we, we stayed up all night outside to just kind of see who would show up. And mm-hmm. and I'm looking over at this bush and all of a sudden I see this most beautiful face that took up the whole space of the bush. And it's like, oh. Oh, that, and it, I don't know, I'm assuming it's, it was the head garden fairy on the property who was sure. living there, but I, I'm, I'm not sure, but and she was just beautiful. And there've been other times on the property where I was watering the flowers or the plants or whatever, and something all of a sudden just flitted off. And it's like, oh, that wasn't a butterfly. Cause it had little human legs and just, mm-hmm. it's like, I surprised her. And, and I have, you know, I've been at conferences and the elementals love to be there. And a lot of people will just start taking pictures and then you can see the orbs when you look at the pictures. And, and, you know, I've got one great one of when I had been in England at a conference and I'd gone, you know, left my booth and gone up to the stage to give my talk. And this elemental just, you know, flew, flew after (laughs) me and you could see its tail, you know, the tail of energy. It, It was it was fabulous. And I have a friend in England, you know, it's like, she's very tied into seeing the fairies and ghosts and all kinds of things. And, you know, we've had just wonderful experiences. So they're energy beings, they can take on human form. They're very helpful, especially when you, you honor them and treat them well. And Mm -hmm. they can be a little mischievous because I've, you know, upset some of the ones at the house in California. And then I'd Oh, something would go missing or I'd get pushed down the st- <laughs> up, up or down the stairs. And it's like, I'd forget something. And, you know, then you, you do a lot of coaxing and asking and, okay, please, you know, I know I'm a silly human, but please help me find this piece of paper. Please help me find mm-hmm. my keys. And all of a sudden that paper had been pulled out from that pile that I had looked in five times, you know, and, and I'm very yeah. used to like leaving them treats at least on the full and new moons, I used to do it way more often, you know, especially on every quarter moon. Sometimes I don't remember to do that in holidays, you know, they, they love yep. treats and, you know, they love to be respected and they're, they love mother earth and they really get upset when we don't take care of her. So, and the cool thing that I've learned over the years is other alien species, even if they're not from this planet have elementals and if they come Ooh. to Earth for a conference or something, they will bring the elementals because then they can help translate. So it's like, oh, cool. There's oh. elementals everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're That's delightful. Cool. Yeah, they're delightful. So you mentioned gifts. Are there any particular gifts that they are more receptive to than others? I think it depends on the occasion because there were some times where maybe they would just want like water and bread or something very simple like that. You know, I used to leave up. Most now I just do chocolate or cookies or, you know, sweets. On occasion, I would leave some wine or some mead because they love the mead. Sometimes it would be peanuts because, you know, whatever they didn't eat, then 
the squirrels and the deer would come up and, you know, clean up after them because, you know, they would basically suck the energy out. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I could see, I remember because I used to leave stuff outside and I would leave stuff in, in the house for the, the house fairies. And, you know, mm-hmm. I remember one time I'd left a piece of chocolate and I could see like little scratch marks on the chocolate. And I don't think it was from the mice in the house. You know, I want to believe it was from the, <laughs> the elementals that lived in the house. But, you know, yep. because the ex grew up with them, he has the ability to see them in their physical form and he can talk to them. And, you know, I had was hadn't I can see their you know, I can see them through the corner of my eye. You know, I can, I know they're there. I can see them in my photos and every Mm -hmm. now and then they'll fly off a flower. I just act like they're here all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see them in physical form, but you know, I've seen the orbs and things like that. So I, and I felt, I have felt them like I feel ghosts, but I feel them. So I know they're here. I know it's not just, you know, I'm an old woman thinking this is, this is how it is. (laughs) I have similar experiences as far as oh, cool. the paranormal is, is concerned as far as spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them like I can't always see the physical form but I can usually right. like feel them or just kind of know that they're there right right yes and if you have animals the animals definitely see them and especially because yes. they, they will like to tease the animals so you know, it used to drive my, I don't know if it drove my cats, but sometimes, you know, the cats would just go running through the house. And it's like, well, somebody's riding them. You know, somebody's riding on their back. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's like I used to, when I lived at the house in California, we had this lovely garden on up the hill and I would go there to do my, you know, moon rituals and things like that. And, and um, if I was quiet and stuff I could sometimes see the lights in the trees because I'd hang out enough and you know want ask them to be there if they wanted to let me see them a little so I would see the, I could see the lights their lights so that's that, cool. that was cool yeah it was <laughs> you discuss how you were kind of introduced to magic and how it has shaped your life can you please describe that process with us as I got to know the ex and I could call him by his name but you know <laughs> As I got to know him, he would talk to me about his English girlfriend when he lived in England and, and, you know, they were kids, you know, I think she was eight, he was seven. Yeah. So like they were very close in age and they were childhood chums or friends. And, and then they later, they got back together and had three kids. So, but I, I learned about, you know, she, she's from a family of witches and she, she was killed in 1979, but we, we talked to each other. We talk to each other now. We're best friends. And I, I learned through, ma- about magical things about from him talking about her mostly and maybe a couple other people. And then it was interesting because I, so I was getting some interest in it. And then I remember as a, a bookkeeper, as like I was taking over a client from this, this other bookkeeper and I had to go to her house to pick up the flash drive with the person's accounting records on it. And I walked in, it's like, oh, she's a witch. Oh, she, this is cool. She's got a flyer on her thing that she's going to start this magic class. And it's like, oh, and just something inside me is like, oh, I think I want to take this class. And she goes, yeah, she goes, I can smell that you are. She s- somehow smelled that I am a witch. And I didn't even know that. That's I cool. thought, okay, I need, I need to become that. And so I started taking, you know, some classes through them and learning more about the basics and stuff, which is cool. So that's, you know, I've been just, I don't want to say dabbling in it. 
you know, I didn't, I so, thought, yeah, it's been, it's been years now and I've taken several classes and I, mine is very low key and people go, oh, do you practice black stuff? And I go, no, you know, it's like, yeah, well, mine's not very dramatic. It's more about, for me, it's more about honoring the planet, honoring nature, you know, staying in tune with, you know, the elementals and the animals And I have a very close connection with animals and I'll share you my deer story, but, um, it's like my intuition has gotten, I can feel it more. And especially when I listen to it and follow it. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Things work a lot better when you listen to your, your, and I would, <laughs> I would start to just know stuff. And then that would drive Mark crazy because it's like, okay, well I know that it's like, I know this. And it's like, no, it's like, yes. <laughs> and, and sometimes I don't always know the timing, you know, but some, so I still get the knowing and you know, I don't do elaborate rituals or anything, but you know, you can, you learn to set intentions and it's about learning to create your best life. And, you know, you don't have to have all the fanciest tools and whatever. And I, I do, I keep it very simple, but you know, it's like, I have, you know, I've got cards and I've got a pendulum and I've got a wand and I, you know, I have the, the things, but mm -hmm. basically it's, but my best magic I think comes from being outside almost every day in my neighborhood and not on my phone and listening and just absorbing the energy from the nature. Cause I've gotten so much inspiration that way. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially if I'm about to give a talk or I need to write work on my book and it's like, Oh yeah, here's what you need to say. <laughs> yeah, It's like, Oh, I need to go home and write all this down. There used to be a lot of deer. Well, there's still, there's a lot of deer on the property in California. Cause it's near some open, it's, it's a wooded area. And mm -hmm. the deer would always come there, even, you know, when he was a kid and his dad, it's like, and I would feed, you know, I feed the animals. It's like, that's what I do. But the deer, you know, we, I would talk to the mama and she, you know, she, the babies would be there every year and a new mama and a new baby. And okay, well, you were last year's baby. Now you're this year's mama. And I don't know if it was, if I'd already moved from the house and I'd gone back for a visit or I was still living there, but I think it was like early, I think one of my favorite things was early, early pandemic time. And I was out of cat food and I had to go to the store like crack of dawn, I think. And I'm walking mm -hmm. down, you know, I'm walking down the driveway and usually there's just one or two deer at a time in the yard. And all of a sudden, like this whole slew of mamas and babies come running, go running down the hillside, you know, onto the driveway, across the street, go up the next hill. It's like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. There's a herd of mama mm -hmm. and their babies. And then all of a sudden, you know, they slowly walk and there's like five or six bucks from like two years old up to great grandpa with a huge rack of antlers. And it's like, OK, this is cool because I've never seen the whole herd on the property. And yeah. I, I just stood there. And, you know, grandpa stayed way up here. And this two-year-old comes walking down the hillside to get pretty close to me. And we're just having this communication. It's like, you know, I know you, I love you. Thank you for being here. And we're just, it's like, oh, this is so cool. And there was another time when I, I think after I'd already moved and then I would have to go back to the house every now and then to check on things or get more stuff. And there's this mama deer that had, she was like up on the, upper you know the garden level and I was you know down here on the entrance level and she just came right to the edge and was just looking at me and I'm just I'm talking to her like she's a person and she gets me and all of a sudden this vortex just opens up like and this Ooh. this beautiful just 
communication, like I am now one with the deer thing. And it's like, <laughs> you know, then I go back and tell my, my friends, you know, in the spirit world, it's like I have this cool connection and it's like, yeah, you know, now you really are like one, the animals accept you. And it's like, I just have this connection with the animals and it's, it's amazing. So it's like, that's yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Briefly touched on spirits as far as the paranormal is concerned. Sure. And you mentioned several encounters that you had in the book, both on your own and also with other mediums. Can yeah. you kind of share with our listeners a little more about that? Sure. On my own, before I really knew this was much of a thing, and then I kind of forgot about it till I was with Mark. I used to, I, one time I was married to a guy who was a funeral director for a while, and it started out I would just sing at the people's funerals. You know, he needed he mm -hmm. needed a singer, and I'd sing, and that was fine. And then one time he had to transport this old woman's body to you know, from Southern California to Northern California, where he was going to do a graveside service. And I think there was two family members there. And so I went with him and I'm standing there, you know, just being the supportive wife and, you know, the, the dead woman's right there. <laughs> it's like, and again, I don't yeah. see their bodies. I can feel it. And it's like, oh, hi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it was just, you know, it's like, La -di da And it's like, it was so cool that she was like standing right there. And it was like, it was just so peaceful and calm. And, you know, she was just watching how it was going. And then another time with the same husband, we were now living in Ohio and his sister's, his sister's mother-in-law had passed. And I had met the woman, you know, once or twice. And so I sang at her funeral. So like in the Mormon church, you know, the, you know, the, where the podium is, it's kind of elevated above the, yeah. where the audience. Okay, I'm up here in the front doing my singing. But back in the back of the, the chapel is the mother-in-law hanging out up near the ceiling. And I can I can point to the exact spot where she was. And it's like, oh, you know, what's her name is, is there? And it's like, this is so cool because I just know she's there watching over. And, and that was really cool. Then there were a couple different mediums that I've been with one in California and my friend in England and one of them, well, we've, I've been on the Hornet aircraft carrier in the San Francisco Bay area with both of them. And it's well known, you know, for its military history, but it's also well known for its ghost activity. And that's yes. part of their marketing. And it's great. You know, if you ever have the opportunity to go there, it's a fabulous thing for both the military history and the ghost stuff. So I went on there with this one psychic one time and she was also a docent. So we could go on after hours and, you know, we're walking through this hallway. It's like, oh, it feels a little cold in here. And it's like the walls feel kind of wet. It's like, then you go, we went to the forecastle, which is at the front of the ship where all the anchors and the chains for the anchors are, you know, laying on the floor. And then we went up these stairs because she wanted to walk through like where a lot of the sailors were their bunks were and stuff. So she's sure. walking up the stairs. She's gone through the door. I'm walking up this ladder stair thing. And, and I stop because just, just beyond me is like this column and there's a ghost peeking out to say hello to me. And I said, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and it's like, and I, it just looked like a gray shadow to me, but I could see it. And it's like, hi, you know, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just here to say hi. And thanks for showing up. And it was, I couldn't wait to go meet up with my friend. It's like, I saw a ghost. Saw a ghost. And it was so, it wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. And, and there had been some negative alien things that had happened on that ship 
over time. And, and Mark had said, well, go see if, if you feel anything weird by the medical bay. And, and it hadn't been restored, so you couldn't go in there. But, you know, we were, at the, we were in the chapel by the medical bay. And it's like, yes, the medical bay is like, you could just feel the negative energy coming through the oh. door. It's like, okay, not, yeah. not going to go. Glad we can't go in there because they haven't cleared yep. that out but we're in the chapel and that hadn't been restored yet so there's a bunch of boxes and we could both sense that like there's this scared sailor crouching behind a box and it's like and i think that that particular both of them can see the ghost i can just see the shadow and feel the energy and it's like it's okay don't be scared because on the hornet you know, you might have served on that ship, you might have died on that ship, or you might have just, you might just be another Navy person who died somewhere, but really wanted to hang out with all the ghosts that are on the Hornet. But, and yeah, some of sure. them are not settled, and some of them are not transitioned, or, you know, haven't ever even passed over. But this, this one particular one was really scared, and I don't know why, but, you know, we helped calm him down, and that, that was pretty cool. The One of the funny stories, especially about the Hornet, because it's not just to my story, but the women's restroom on like the main hangar deck is now, it used to be the engine room. So, you know, and there were never women on this <laughs> serving on this ship for the Navy. Sure. And, sure. you know, it was this engine room. And so you get these women telling these stories about coming, you know, like when they're sitting in the bathroom and then they can just feel this presence. And it's like, so these voyeurs, these ghosts are like, <laughs> very nosy. And I didn't feel that when I was in the restroom, but I would stand out in the hangar bay and take photos with my black and white 35 millimeter. Cause then the, the energy of ghosts and fairies really pop out when you're using black and white film so that was really cool and you know and i've had an image of my father-in-law i have a great picture of him in like his flight goggles and things and I, I have an image of him showing up while i was on the hornet because as an air force person he also had interaction he was a liaison with the the navy people who were at alameda naval air station but he also had been on that particular ship for alien things but both couple of times when both times i've been on that ship with the two different mediums and we've gone up on the flight deck he's been right mm -hmm. by me he'll stand That's right cool. by me and they can see him and i can feel him and he's like you know i never knew him he died before i met mark and but he's like my great support we talk regularly through the channeling medium that i talk to the spirit world with most all the talks i've given at different conferences he's been over behind my left side He's always on my left side. That's cool. And, you know, he's very supportive. And, you know, he's always encouraged me to stand up for the truth and speak the truth. And, you know, he's always been very supportive of what I was doing. And, and that's so validating. And to, to have this great support person that I never knew when he was alive. Because he's a military yeah. hero in his own right. And, and, and even to get... You know, it's like, okay, this is what your son has told me about these aliens. Okay, now, do you have any other stories you can tell me now that you're dead? <laughs> and, so, and, so, and share things. You know, if he can remember them, he will share them. So it's it's nice to get the insight from both the living and the dead because it's like maybe there's stuff he experienced but he couldn't tell his son because you know sure. everything you need to know things. So it's, it's we've developed a fabulous relationship. So that's really cool. And in England, especially with my England psychic friend. You know, we've been to a lot of historical sites and mm -hmm. seen and felt ghosts. And especially one of my favorite ones, and this is in the book, we went to Dover Castle, which is near where she yes. used to live one time. 
And so we're just walking around checking out the castle because I love that kind of stuff and I love medieval history. And we're walking up these this huge flight of stairs and next to the throne room, there's like a room where the guards would probably hung out, you know, because mm -hmm. if he needs you right away, you got to, you know, be right there. Anyway, and so we're standing there. She's, she, I'm in the doorway taking pictures of the room just as a tourist. She's over by the window and all of a sudden this blue energy ghost thing just comes shooting past her through me. It's like, oh, well, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was like and it's blue and i can see it and it's real i can see it coming right through me with the camera <laughs> it was amazing and then we walked into the throne room and i had the best experience of a past life that i've ever it's like all of a sudden it was like i almost felt faint and it's like i was kind of dizzy for a minute and then i just started crying it's like i have had a past life at this castle not in the kitchen I was, you know, at least some kind of lady in waiting or something. You know, I wasn't the queen, but that's okay. But I was <laughs> something in that castle during medieval times. It's like, what? it's like you can't, I, you can't deny that when you have that feeling. I, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. how it's like uh, this is so real, and it's interesting because I met a psychic here in Portland. He comes to my local bookstore every now and then, and one one of the one of the events he was doing you know you could ask about you know get an angelic message or somebody from a, a loved one or you know learn about a past life and i said oh, you know give me a past life thing and he goes oh you know you were you were a musician you were like a celtic harp player and it's like okay well that would resonate with me because i i feel very strong connections to celtic background and you know i've not good at playing instruments, but I love to sing. So I could see that the, that the musical ability has come through different life sure. It's like It was really sure. nice to have a person that I didn't know, you know, confirm that. So, yeah. And, yeah. and she and I have been other places where we've come across other ghosts and other fairy things. It's just, it's very magical. <laughs> it's, and trying not to scare the public, you know, it's like if you're talking yeah. about what you're seeing, it's like, uh oh, nothing. It's okay. <laughs> We're all good over here. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> who, are you, who, are you, who are you seeing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I feel like there's so many great places places to visit in England. Like, I've only yeah. been there once. Okay. But it's just such great history, and especially castles. Like, there's just... Yeah. There's, there's just so much, like, energy and history, and it's like you kind of go to a completely different place almost. It's exactly. it's its own its own world where were you at so we went to we went to the tower of london okay. which was really interesting for me because on my mom's side she traced our ancestry back where we are descended from Anne Boleyn. oh wow so it was like it was really weird being by like where the scaffold was you uh -huh. know and it i remember when we were there and I was like 16 at the time I was there for, I was in the UK and Ireland for a like student ambassador type thing oh, nice. for like, cool. for like three weeks. And I remember it was really hot outside and we're standing next to the scaffold and like where, you know, like the executioner's block was, but I felt freezing cold. Oh, wow. Like, like everyone else is just like sweating and I'm sitting there and I was like, no, no, no. Like I am like, it's, cold here like this is like ice cold mm. like it felt like when you walk into a chest freezer like if right, you're at like right. a, a grocery store or something right, and it right. was 
it was cool, but it was also really like eerie, like, uh-huh. you know, just uh-huh. being in that spot. I'm trying to think of some of the other castles we visited in like Scotland and Wales, but. Yeah, I haven't been to Scotland yet. I didn't make it to Wales. I've been to Ireland once. One of my trips to England, we went to Ireland for a week. But one of my trips to England, because my friend moved from the Kent area where Dover Castle is up to Norfolk and Blickling Hall. Yeah, it's like, so Blickling Hall is like a a nice, lovely manor house. And that's Mm -hmm. where Anne Boleyn was born. So yes. we didn't, I didn't get to go to some of the other castles where she lived, but I, you know, I was at the one and we had some lovely ghost experiences there and even, and then especially cause there's it's like, okay, we're seeing stuff and these people are going, huh? <laughs> like, and we also, you, know, you go through the formal gardens and then there's a little sign secret garden and you go like through this bush and it's the typical, you know, you go through this little hedge or a doorway and there's just mm-hmm. little square garden and we just sat down and like the fairy energy was so amazingly strong there it's like i don't want to leave i don't want to leave it's so beautiful sitting here feeling all fairies right there but yeah so that that was cool i didn't get to the one but i think i think it's blickling hall where they say you know they used to be able to see her carriage go up and down but anyway i've got a book somewhere about the ghosts in england and stuff like that but yeah it's it's there's a lot of cool stuff going on there. I think we went to Hampton Court Palace, oh, which was where um, King Henry yeah. lived there, right? King Henry yeah. VIII yeah, lived there. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. And I can't remember exactly where I was in the building, but there were some spots where I was like, well, this kind of <laughs> not quite right energy, but not necessarily right, evil, right. but like, but just like, yeah. I think good things happened in this spot, you know, type of uncomfortable feeling it's interesting because at dover now as part of the tourist attraction they've restored some of the there's some underground like tunnel areas where they had communication stuff for world war ii and they had a hospital under there so that's all restored and so we took the tour through the hospital and and they have some sounds going on and they have some smells it's part of this touristy thing and, and mm-hmm. our docent, we were talking to him and he's had paranormal experiences in the hospital area. So we're going along and we get into the, the operating theater and it's like, oh, and my friend and I are going, oh yeah, the guy on the operating table is here. And it was like so eerie. And, you know, he's going, okay, did you feel anything? Did you get anything? And we're going, oh yeah. And, and it's everybody's going, yeah, nothing. But then I don't know if you <laughs> too along the coast of England, like going up the east side, it's called the Sink, the Sink Port, Sink Port. So it's like five castles that were like to guard the coast against France invading. And, sure, and one sure. of them is where the, the warden of the Sink Port lives. And that's really nice and foo-foo and gardeny. And, and even the Queen Mom had been the warden of the Sink Port at one time. So it's beautiful and lovely and, you know, just very friendly feeling. And then my friend took me to one of the other ones that was in the area. And I, that's the only two that we went to, but this other one was a military fort, definitely right on the coast. And so you're walking around seeing where the soldiers lived and blah, blah, blah. And you go down in the basement level and we got to this one part and I'm not sure they, they must've had a dungeon area, but there was one part and it's like, we're getting this really negative energy because we got to go. They don't want us here. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yep. a, if you're in tune, you'll get you'll you'll know you get the difference. <laughs> it's like okay, gotta yeah. go. There definitely have been some occasions in my life where I have 
encounter the like I jokingly call it the I'd turn back if I were you type of vibe you know like maybe uh-huh. don't go over here yeah yeah well and sometimes you know that's the way your your intuition works too because it's like you'll get a, a hit like okay yeah no don't go there or don't do this or it's like you know you got to turn back or it's like you need protection against you know certain things and yeah it, it's interesting how I, I've been like places filming or researching it's like yeah go and I gotta leave the room that person's here for you know he's following me I I gotta go and Mm -hmm. okay let's let's go to another area I was like yeah or like Mm -hmm. you know you're here Mm -hmm. just to check up on me and I was like I gotta go see ya (laughs) yep yeah yeah there's a different difference between like here I am versus get out like those are two very different energies yeah well on that note for any of our listeners who may be interested in kind of learning more about what we discussed today, like whether that's extraterrestrials or UFOs or the paranormal or magic, do you have any guidance for them as far as where you would point them, what direction you would point them? Well, I've got a couple of, you know, it's like I've got the book, I've got a website that has the UFO space reports still on it. I don't have the nonprofit anymore, but you know, people are willing, I mean, people are, I'm open to people emailing me with questions, but I mean, you know, it's just in your local area, depending on what you're, you know, cause there's, there's usually a meetup group for pretty much anything you want to do. So like most areas have a MUFON group. If you're interested in, in learning more about UFO sightings and things like that, or just even a meetup group about UFO and paranormal activity. If you're interested in learning more about magic and witchcraft, there's, there's all kinds of groups around and, you know, there's a lot of books, and, you know, you just just have to, I was going to say, you, you know, use your discernment because obviously not everything you're going to see on the Internet or everything in any book is, you know, sure. but you just have to learn how to pick what's going to re- resonate with you. And that that's my big advice is like, does it resonate with you? And because there's yep. many ways to look at all this different stuff and aliens can be both scary and friendly, you know, witchcraft can yep. be both dark and not dark and Yep. You know, all, all kinds of things. So I choose to stick to the lighter side of things and the white light stuff and the healing mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, but I love mm-hmm. to teach people about all this kind of stuff. So, I, I, you know, there's no one place you can go to learn it all. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a variety of avenues. Yes. There's all kinds of resources, usually in most areas, or we can help point you in directions. So if you were given the chance to change anything or re-experience anything that you've experienced to date since kind of introduced to the second part of your life, does anything pop to mind or of anything that you'd like to do or experience again? It's not necessarily experience again, but it's like, um, I really, and even though it's forbidden, I forbidden, I would really like to, my, my lifelong dream is I want to get to the point where I can have a piece of property and have the aliens and fair. We're all having tea together and we're all just talking and interacting in a friendly manner and learning about one another. Cause that's part of my mission is teaching aliens and teaching humans about aliens. So I, I would like more of that. And so I, you know, I still, and, and I also part of my mission calling what it's like, I feel very called to, emphasize to people how connected humans and magic and fairies and aliens are because we're all part of this big universal 
galactic community and there's witches mm-hmm. out there among the aliens and there's fairies among the aliens. So it's, you know, we're just all part of the same thing. And I, I would love to go back to other places I've visited and do more of that, you know, to really get mm-hmm. the feel of places. And, you know, I, I love to travel, but I, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's kind of what I want to do. It's like, I would like to do more of that. And I'm of the age where I will be not slowing down, but I will be cutting back from my bookkeeping work, you know, retiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hopefully will have more time to do that and re- research that and do more writing and, you know, really tap into the spirit stuff and the intuition stuff. I guess final question before I open it to you, if there's anything that I've missed that you would like our listeners to know, how has your life changed since you started down this new path? Well, it's totally different than being a Mormon. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) What? No. (laughs) You know, it's like all of a sudden I I'm open to all these new topics and Mm -hmm a whole different worldview that I never even thought about before. And, and again, it, it's not so strange and mysterious, this whole witchcraft topic, you know, it's just a mm-hmm. different way of doing things and seeing life. And it's just, it's just science. And it's just, I shouldn't say yep. just it's science and it's natural laws. It's like, I think my life is way better because I am way happier. And especially after this last divorce, I'm way happier. And I, I'm on a path that is my path. Sure. And, yeah. and I, it wasn't that way before it was his path. Bless him. He's a military hero, but it was his path. So, you know, that's the next book. <laughs> it's more about how am I supposed to serve others and serve the greater community? And, mm-hmm. and by doing that, I am finding all kinds of joy. So that's awesome. Finding your own path. That's good. Yeah. And you can still do that if you're, if you have a partner. And just hopefully they support yep. you on your path. But, you know, I, I've learned what my specific path is and what I want it to be. And that's how I, you know, guide my ship. There you go. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. No. <laughs> is there anything else that I didn't touch on that you'd like our listeners to know either about you or about the book? I think you've, you've got all the websites, right? So the, the, the midlife magic is available on the website or on Amazon or and whatever that, and I've got a couple of emails and I'm pretty soon I'll have a whole joannefawcett.com will be up and running. And it's going to talk about some of this, the woo stuff is probably going to be a different website, but you know, it's about the new book and my new speaking and my new healing stuff. And so just all kinds of things, you know, but again, I'm, I've got a lot of different emails. I've got Facebook under this name. I got a LinkedIn, so you can find me. And if you want to talk to me or have questions, just, just go ahead and do that. That'd be great. Obviously I love to talk. Well, you've got a lot of really interesting things to say. So, I mean, thank you. Why not? I know. And it's it's the Leo in us, so it's I get it. It is, and and I've said I'm letting the Leo out. I kind of left her in a box for a long time, and now she's out of the cage. So, it's all good. Yeah, and they don't always like to go back in. I'll tell you that. Like, there's no, she doesn't want to go back in at all. (laughs) I feel that. Yeah. Well. I would like to thank Joanne for joining me today, taking time to discuss midlife magic and more about yourself. And we will have links to her website to purchase the book, all the different links that you mentioned before. 
And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay, and I'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.